Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. And this is Love to Tell the Story. Even all these years later, we still remember it in our family as the worst camping trip ever. In the days back when our three children were very young, we would often spend a few days every summer tenting at various state parks throughout New England. Looking back, these little vacations were not only a whole lot of fun, but also served to nurture something of a pioneer spirit in the Lowry clan, which in turn created a great many indelible memories for all of us. This particular camping trip, however, turned out to be memorable for all the wrong reasons. In retrospect, we should have seen it coming. The day we left was really too hot and humid in which to travel. We hadn't even made it ten miles out of town before Sarah, who was about four at the time, got carsick. Zachary, who was just over a year old, was acting inordinately fussy. And though our oldest, Jake, at eight, was a trooper, even his patience was sorely tested by the fact that during that summer, nearly every highway in Maine and New Hampshire was both congested and under construction. So what should have been a two or three hour drive took five. Mum and Dad, however, were undaunted by all of this, figuring that once we'd arrived at the campground, all we'd have to do was to pitch our tents and then sit back, relax, and enjoy the slower pace of outdoor living. Or at least that was the plan. One that worked until just about the time we got everything in our campsite nicely set up. The very moment that dark clouds rolled in, thunder began to rumble and rain started to fall, the first in a series of torrential cloud bursts that would continue unabated over the next several days. Now understand, we weren't all that worried about getting a little wet, nor were we overly concerned about the tent leaking. We had tarps strategically placed overhead to keep that from happening. But that night, as it rained harder than Lisa and I thought possible, the tent began to leak from the bottom up, from the bottom up, soaking just about everything and everyone sleeping inside. But even this was okay. After all, you have to expect some of that when you go camping. It kind of just goes with the experience, right? But then, around, as I recall, 1.30 in the morning, Zachary woke up screaming, obviously in a great deal of pain. And a couple of hours later, as I drove through the night to a tiny hospital emergency room many miles away in Peterborough, New Hampshire, where our son would be treated for a severe ear infection, I began to realize that this little family camping trip had now become an exercise in survival. And one thing was for certain, this was no longer fun. However, either fiercely determined or extremely foolish, for the sake of the kids, we said, Lisa and I made the decision to tough it out for at least one more day. For surely, things couldn't get any worse than this. But then it was Sarah's turn to get sick. All the clothes and bedding we'd taken to dry at a nearby laundromat had gotten soaked all over again, thanks to the next rainstorm to pummel southern New Hampshire. And in between the raindrops, for some unknown reason, we'd managed to attract every sweat bee in the park to our campsite. We finally came to the conclusion that it was well past time to give up on this fiasco of family fun. 
And so, with yet another storm looming on the horizon, we hurriedly broke camp, packed the car, and buckled the children in their car seats to make our escape, only to discover that our car wouldn't start, thanks to a battery that had inexplicably gone dead overnight. Well, suffice to say, we did get home, eventually, and as I recall, didn't it feel good to be home again? It's funny, however, what you remember. A few days after that miserable trip was over, and when I'd returned to my regular pastoral regimen of Bible study and sermon preparation, it happened that the very first verses of Scripture I faced that day were these from Colossians chapter 3. With gratitude in your heart, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What I remember, even now, very clearly, is that I laugh to myself that God must truly have a sense of humor, given that this particular verse had come my way right then. After all, in the middle of a sleepless, restless, rainy night with a crying baby in the middle of the woods, I was not feeling particularly grateful in my heart. And trust me here, friends, I was most decidedly not singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yes, of course, that night we were concerned for Zachary and his parents. That was the overriding concern of the moment. But in all honesty, in there too were the emotional byproducts of jangled nerves and the fervent desire to just be able to go back to sleep in a warm and dry bed. I remember realizing all at once that in the midst of that particular situation, my words and deeds were not, in fact, wholly done in the name of the Lord Jesus, and that as warm and assuring as that exhortation of Scripture feels as it resonates in our hearts, sometimes actually living out of the truth of it ends up being very hard. Indeed, life itself, as it unfolds in all its wonder and mystery, can sometimes get in the way of it. Well, in these continuing days of pandemic quarantine, one of the things I've been hearing from friends, family, and parishioners is that it's not merely the fact right now that we all have to stay at home for an indefinite period of time that's causing the most stress. It's the sheer volume of concerns that have seemingly piled on in the process. Not only are there, of course, all the necessary levels of safety, cleanliness, and social distancing that have entered into just about everything we do every day, there's also the challenges involved in making sure we have enough food and supplies on hand for the long haul. There's dealing with how we care for our loved ones at an appropriate distance, and if there's children in your household, there's also all the challenges that go along with what's now commonly referred to as remote learning. Let's not even talk about the learning curve that many of us are facing when it comes to navigating things like Zoom, Facebook Live, and all the other technological marvels that have now become a way of life. Suffice to say here that most of us are having to deal with the burden of several different and seemingly unrelenting crises all at once. It's a stressful situation, to be sure. And in our weaker and more fatigued moments, we are tempted to let our own anger and frustration get in the way of the love that we're called to give. 
It's no wonder that sometimes this admonition to sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs comes off as more of a cruel taunt than a word of comfort. Just another reminder that where the many storms of life are concerned, it doesn't rain, but it pours. And yet amid the deluge, here's Paul, still urging us as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And above all, with love, the kind of love that binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, you'll notice here that Paul isn't assuming an automatic adherence to these many virtues of our Christian faith. He knew, and we know, that life is far too complicated, and alas, you and I are far too human for that to ever happen. But, and this is the key, in the midst of those circumstances where we might indeed feel overwhelmed and woefully underdressed where life and faith is concerned, we can still clothe ourselves with all that we need to survive and thrive until the storm is past. And the best part is that by His grace, God provides us the clothes we need until it becomes a regular part of our wardrobe. You know, in our times of online prayer these past few weeks, we prayed that all of us in the midst of this pandemic might somehow receive the strength and the peace we need for the way, as well as some respite from our struggles, and, and above all, that we might have a profound awareness of God's presence ever and always working for the good in the midst of whatever we're going through. Indeed, whether that awareness comes in the profound and palpable sense of inner peace that the world can't give nor take away, or simply if it comes from gleaning the one mustard seed of faith that's needed to survive this particular storm for one more hour, there is something very reassuring about being clothed in the warm, dry garments of God's own love and mercy amidst the storm. Truthfully, sometimes that's all one needs. After all, however relentless this current storm of pandemic might end up being, it will pass, eventually. And when it does, won't it feel good to get home? And with that, we're at the end of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry. I thank you for listening. And until next time, stay healthy, stay home, keep up that social distancing, and may God bless you with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.